Creating and rekindling memories. NHR. That's Maud and the secrets that you keep. Quite a jolly song, um, but the, the words in it, well, it could be just right for the pride uh, which is being put on at the Lace Market Theatre because there are secrets that are being kept um, by some of the characters in there. To tell us more about it uh, is the director of the pride at the Lace Market Theatre, uh, Mr Chris Sims. Chris, welcome back to the show. How are you? Thank you very much. I'm grand, thank you. Marvellous stuff. And I think last time we had a bit of a dodgy phone line. This time it is crystal clear, so I'm really pleased about that one. Um, Glad to hear it. Now then, The Pride. I can't remember seeing this play performed anywhere in the area before. So is this a first time for the uh, for this play in Nottinghamshire? That is a good question. I don't know the answer. I've, I've not seen it before either. Uh, I first saw it performed back in 2016, but that was in Sydney, so that definitely wasn't close. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if it's the first, but um, it's definitely a great play that we're really happy to bring to the city. Well, I tell you what, if you've not seen it, and I've not seen it between us, I mean, we've seen a lot of plays uh, over the fa- uh, last few years, so I, I think it must be um, one of the first times it's been um, produced in Nottingham. So all the more reason for people to come down and see it. So, so what's the pride about? Because it's not about The Lion King. It's not about anything like that. What is the pride <laughs> it's about? It's not. It's not. So, um, so the pride is, at its heart, it's two love stories, um, two parallel love stories. So one takes place in 1958 and one takes place in 2008. Um, and uh, it's essentially about, uh, it's two gay love stories. Um, and it's exploring the different experiences of gay men, particularly in those two eras and how the oppressions and prejudice of the 50s um, affect outcomes and affect how the course of love happens uh, in those different circumstances, um, but also about how the connections between those two periods uh, are very, very real and how um, the ways in which people were oppressed and, um, and, um, and targeted in the past continues to cast a shadow today. Um, so it's a, it's a beautifully structured play, a very moving play, but also a very funny play, um, especially in the, the noughties period. Um, uh, there's an awful lot of comedy, um, uh, which we have a great deal of fun with. So, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's got something for everyone, I think. Now, you've mentioned the story alternates between 1958 and 2000. How does that work on stage? Um, so we've, we've kept it to a minimum. Um, it does literally alternate between the two time periods. Um, um, we have a few subtle changes to the set, but only quite subtle. Uh, obviously, the costumes change. Um, but it's also it's, it's in the writing. I mean, as soon as somebody opens their mouth... You can tell what era we're in, just the words they use, the way they structure their sentences. Um, it, it, it's very cleverly written. Um, so uh, I think people will, will quite easily be able to keep up with what period we're in. Uh, we've also used music cues and things like that to, to help people along. So uh, I hope it will read clearly. With the, um, with the, I mean, there's, there's four people um, on stage. Uh, and with this changing from 58 to 2008 i suppose that and you've mentioned the the clothing is is quite a big clue uh, to which era that we're in um i mean there must be some very quick costume changes then there are a few yes <laughs> we're going to be practicing some of those this afternoon <laughs> uh yes it's going to be fun <laughs> um but again we we've tried to be quite clever about how we do it um the the, the way that alexi k gamble wrote the um that wrote the script um, there's sort of um, the two time periods slightly bleed across into each other at the, the, at the transitions between the scenes. Um, so that gives us a little bit of leeway and a little bit of space 
um, uh, that we can make use of to make sure those those transitions are smooth. Um, but yes, there's going to be a bit of frenzied throwing on of shirts and things and going on behind in the wings, I think. You mentioned LXRK Campbell, who wrote uh, the, the Pride. Uh, I know this was his first play. What else can you tell us about him? Because he's not a name that sort of pops up everywhere, is it? Yeah, so he's he's been around for. I mean, this this was his was his first published play, I believe, um, back in two thousand and eight. Um, and uh, he's he's produced, I think, about four or five plays since then, I think. Uh, but he's uh, Greek British um, and. Uh, He's um, quite a well-known figure as an actor as well um, in the British theatre scene. Um, so, uh, so yeah, he's uh, he's a, he's, a, he's a, a rising star, I think. Um, uh, but uh, he's still pretty young. He was very young when he when he produced the Pride. Um, but uh, I think, yeah, from what I've known of his other work, uh, particularly his Greek heritage, plays a particular important part in what he does, um, and that that, that that comes out in the Pride as well. Greece plays a, a particular role for, for one character in particular. Um, so it's very interesting, um, uh, you know, uh, playwright, um, and and somebody who I think um, writes with just a real passion, and, and certainly for this one, a real sense of his personal experiences coming there to inform the play and that and certainly for me as well as a gay man I think it really spoke to me in a very deep personal way. Now while, while it documents how far acceptance has come since the 1950s and, and this scenes in the play uh, which um, I mean I, I've not read the play I've just seen little bits about it but there's some a little bit disturbing um, bits in, in the play nothing nothing too, too dramatic uh, with, with the um, sort of the conversion therapy, that's all I'm going to say on that. But it also highlights how much is needed to be done um, for the LGBTQ um, community, doesn't it? Because we've come so far, but there's still quite a bit to, if you like, level out the playing field, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that I think he, he does really well with this play is kind of show how... You know, just changing the law and just having changing attitudes doesn't mean that it's the job done. Um, that the historical um, oppressions and historical exclusion does carry a long shadow. And I think that's, that, yeah, certainly for, for gay men in particular, I think you can see that now. You know, rates of mental health are higher, rates of drug use are higher. You know, these are, these, are, these are things that continue to be issues that we have to deal with as a community. And I don't think that's true only uh, of gay men by any means. I think this is something that very happily reads across to all sorts of um, uh, you know, so groups within society. Um, uh, you know, the, the, whole, the whole idea of the, the play really is that um, the... the, the having to hide who you are and having to deal with oppression creates trauma that then has repercussions, has ripples that live on. Um, you know, and that's true um, for, for anybody, that, that, that trying to hide who you are, trying to live dishonestly, creates tremendous harm, not just to you, but to those around you, but also for those in the future. Um, and so the, the plea at the core of it really is to, to live an honest life. And I think that's something that resonates across the LGBT community, but, but well beyond that as well. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, you mentioned there the, the ripples and the other people that it affects. And uh, obviously Sylvia, um, who is another character in the play, uh, played by Danielle Easter. Tell us a little bit about the character of Sylvia. So, so there's, I mean, as, because there are two time periods, there are two Sylvias. There's Sylvia in 1958 and there's Sylvia in 2008. So in 1958, she is married to Philip, so one of the men, um, the heart of the, 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 love, the love story. 
uh, and obviously then that, that marriage is a marriage based on, on lies um, and uh, she has to deal with that and she has to confront it. Um, in the modern story, she is the best friend of Oliver, the other man, um, and she's um, trying to help him deal with a crisis in his relationship. But, um, I mean, I, I really love the character of Sylvia. I think it would have been so easy for a play, for, you know, the, the, the playwright to, to create a character who was just a prop, you know, who was just the wronged wife and didn't really have an inner life of her own. And that's absolutely not what you get with Sylvia. She's a, a, a wonderful, compassionate, um, intelligent, um, fearless woman in, in both iterations. Um, and what I love about her is that her, both of the, the storylines conclude with Sylvia really taking control of her own fate and her own destiny. And to me, that's a tribute to all of the women who have supported gay men in you know, various different ways throughout the years. Um, and, you know, I think as, as gay men, our relationship with women is sometimes a bit complex. Um, and I think, um, you know, if I think about, you know, the recent um, uh, series on TV, It's a Sin, I think this is a very similar thing yeah. of acknowledging the important role that women have played um, in, in gay men's liberation um, and, and, and the, the sacrifices they've often had to make to do that. Um, and I think that's, that's a tremendous thing to acknowledge and, and, uh, and Danielle's doing a terrific job with a, a wonderful role. Absolutely, and you mentioned there it, it's a sin. One of the best um, programs that I've seen on television over for a long, long time. Uh, great, great show. Uh, now then, I've mentioned that there's four characters in this. Uh, we've got Philip and Oliver, of course, who are the lovers. Then there's Sylvia, uh, and then there's um, what? Well, there's another two or three characters, all played by by Danny Shooter. Um, tell us a little bit about the the other three characters, or as much as you can do without giving too much away. Sure. So, yeah, Danny, Danny has uh, the, the, the difficult task of um, appearing as, as three different characters or kind of four different characters in a way. But I'm, I'm going to just leave that one as a bit of a tantalizing hint um, um, but, uh, in only three scenes. But in each of the three scenes, he has a huge amount to do um, and to quite different effects. Um, uh, in, in two of the scenes, I would say he's largely there and it's more of a, a comic effect. But in one scene in particular, in his final scene, it, it's quite horrific, and the, the character that he plays is quite, um, <laughs> quite, uh, quite, quite traumatic, I would say. So, uh, so he essentially appears in in the first half as um, well. No, I'm not going to I'm not going to give it away for the first half. I think the the, the, the first scene I think he's in, I think will be a surprise. Uh, but then in Act Two, uh, we see him first as a magazine editor who's wanting to to publish an article on on gay sex, uh, for gay sex for the straight man, interestingly enough, um, but who comes out, who may surprise you, I think, as a character. And then in the last scene, um, he, he's a doctor who um, is bringing one of the characters through, uh, through as you mentioned, aversion therapy, which is uh, a particularly horrible scene. Um, it's not presented, but it's described in great detail, and it really brings home what, what awful things people were put through uh, in the name, supposedly, of, of curing them of an illness. Um, yeah, mm. and unfortunately, that th there's sort of some countries in the world which, which still practice that, which is ugh, just horrendous. Yeah. Now, then, I'm not sure if it's coincidental, but you've got Jack playing Philip. Uh, you've also got Jack playing uh, Oliver, and then there's yep. Danielle playing Sylvia, and then Danny playing uh, the other character. So we've got two Jacks and a Danielle and a Danny. <laughs> so, we have. It's, uh, it's I mean, been fun in the rehearsal room at I times. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, I take it, was not deliberate. That must be just uh, sort of, you know, sort of some... 
quaint accidental coincidence. Um, yes, I, indeed. I yeah, I'm, not, I'm not about to, to uh, cast people on the basis of what their name is. <laughs> exactly. So, but it looks like it's going to be a great uh, cast. And I know Jack T, Jack Truswell, uh, his mum, I've been seeing uh, sort of his mum at the Theatre Royal for a few weeks now. And every time I see her, you're coming to see the Pride, aren't you? You're coming to see the Pride. Yes, <laughs> I am coming to see the Pride. I cannot wait to see um, this play. It looks like it's going to be a play that's different to many of the others that are knocking around at the moment. I think it's safe to say um, that in, in the least anyway. Um, so, How are tickets going anyway? Uh, we're doing all right. We can always do better. Um, so, yeah, if you're listening to this, do, do go along to lacemarkettheatre.co.uk and, uh, and get your tickets. Uh, a snip at £13. It's a lot cheaper than you'll get anywhere else. Uh, and I do promise you a very uh, fun and entertaining and thought-provoking night out, I think. You see, you've, you can tell that Chris has been on the show before because he's, he's got that sort of down pat. I don't even need to ask now about the tickets, the price or anything else or how to get it. Best way to get it, get it online because that way you know you've got a ticket. You also know where you're going to sit as well because like many of the plays at the Lace Market Theatre, there may be a few tickets sort of the weeks leading up, but they're normally massively sold out uh, by the time um, the, the, the sort of opening night actually happen so make sure you get your tickets this looks like it's going to be an absolute cracker um of a show as well uh chris i take it you're down there with rehearsals this afternoon as usual that's my next stop after i finish this call marvelous well i'll tell you what i'll let you uh, get on with that then 30th of october to the saturday the 4th of november it's the lace market uh, theater uh for the pride directed by the wonderful mr chris sims so there you go chris thank you so much for taking time out to tell us all about the pride uh and uh, and we'll see you down there 30th of october have a great weekend great. chris thanks Kev. Cheers. cheers buddy bye-bye <laughs> Did you know that Nottingham Hospital Radio is a registered charity? As a result, we rely on people like you to donate to it. All our members are committed volunteers who run the service for the benefit and entertainment of the patients in the Queen's Medical Centre and City Hospitals. Research has shown that listening to hospital radio can positively benefit a patient's recovery, and we think it's a very worthwhile thing to do. Donating to NHR is easy and rewarding, so please log on to nhradio.org.uk and go to the donate page. That's nhradio.org.uk slash donate. You'll be glad you did, and thank you. Thank you.